Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. The following episode was recorded in 2021. Let's jump in. All right, everybody. Welcome. Today we're going to be reading Ephesians chapter 5 on the uh, morning prayer daily podcast. So thank you for being part of it. Uh, as we continue this journey through the New Testament and specifically now the the letter of Ephesians. We, um, we've now tracked through four chapters, the first three chapters of which are kind of the, the theology of the church. Why church? Why the church? The body of Christ is so awesome. And then, beginning in chapter four, he starts. Paul starts to write in practical terms. Um, what does it mean? How do we live this out in the unity in the body of Christ? Now he's going to shift gears and talk a little bit um, about um, continuing that conversation, but also moving it into the household in your in your home. How do you live out the teaching of Christ? Um, how do you how do you be the church? At home, how many you know? How many you know? It's easier sometimes to be the church at the at church. Man, my, my head flaky. I just scratched my head and some some flakiness came off there. I'm, I don't. I apologize for that. Look, it was snowing in June. You know it ain't dandruff because I ain't got no hair. But anyway, anyway, I digress. I, I, there was so much came off there. I had to say something about it. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> um, in. So, yeah, sometimes it's much easier to be a Christian at church than it is to be a Christian even in your own home, which is your most important witness. So, yeah. So let's talk about this. Let's read it. Um, Ephesians chapter 5. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Molly, Lucy, Etta. Good morning, everybody. Raquel, welcome. To have, glad to have you guys on. Um, you know what we do? We read. We pray. We change the world. So let's read. Chapter 5, verse 1, Ephesians says, Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Well, I'm sorry, that was the last phrase of chapter 4. Verse 1. Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Follow God's example. That's what we're called to. First thing. Hey, that's a great takeaway first thing today. What am I going to do? I'm going to follow God's example. I'm not going to take the example of no man or no person or whatever else. I'm going to first and foremost take, follow God's example. I'm going to be an imitator of God. You can't go wrong when you do that. Follow God's example, therefore, and he knows he calls him children. He's reminding us, we're children. We're children of God. We should imitate. That's what children do, right? Children imitate. You know, sometimes our kids, when they were little, come out with stuff, and you're like, where did they get that? They got that from you. <laughs> where in the world did they get that from? They say some words, a bad word or something. Like, how? Did, where did they get that from? They've been watching you, Pop. 
Where'd they learn that? So now Paul's saying we should be imitators of God. Imitate him as our as his, as his children. Walk in the way of love. Walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So what does that mean practically? Well, verse three, but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are not proper for God's holy people. It goes back to what we talked about yesterday a little bit. When Paul talked to the church, they weren't perfect, weren't perfect people. But Paul always spoke, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he spoke a word inspiring them to move forward, to get better. That they were reminding them that they were called to a higher standard of living. Not to just waller, waller, waller. <laughs> That's a funny word. You know, the more you say it, the funnier it gets, waller. Um, anyway, anyway, not to waller in it, not to waller in their sin, but they were called to uh, a higher standard. So there shouldn't be a hint of sexual immorality or impurity because these are improper, improper for God's holy people. You're not you're not who you once were. You're God's people now. That's why we don't ask people. That's why we don't ask the world how they live. We don't get we don't get our we don't get our reads from the world. Because that they we are not the same people. We're God's people. We get our we we find our bearing from the Word of God. We we ask other Christian people who are filled by the Holy Spirit who share the same desire to please God. Those that's our that's our our uh, our counsel. That's who we counsel. Just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean that's irrelevant for the follower of Jesus. Verse four, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. He's talking there about uh, joking that pushes the envelope, right? Either uh, with with um, improper sexual overtones, uh, improper, mm, uh, just that aren't, aren't loving of other people, um, God and others, right? So obscenity. For of this you can be sure. This you can put you can take this to the bank, he said. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. So those people that are just like make a habit of doing those things up in verse three and verse four, make no mistake that someone who is immoral, impure, and greedy, an idolater, basically he's saying that someone who's consistently immoral, impure. And greedy, that person's like an idolater. They 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 have an idol in their lives. They 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 worship something other than God. Yeah. So he says, uh, make no mistake. They won't inherit. They won't be there. There hasn't. They don't have any inheritance in kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Don't buddy up with the unrighteous. Verse 8. Because again, he's going to remind you again. Remember who you were. For you were once you for you were once darkness, 
once back then. But now you are light in the Lord. Amen. Come on. Come on, Bob. Yeah. Therefore, what? Live as children of light. Verse 9. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. What does the light look like? He contrasts it. What does darkness look like? All those things, immoral, impure, greedy, all that. What does uh, being in the light look like? Uh, goodness and righteousness and truth. That's what it looked like. And find out what pleases the Lord. What up, Andy Blair? Uh, yeah, we got to ask, what pleases the Lord? The follower of Jesus should be asking... What pleases God? Not what, not how far can I go and still be a Christian? <laughs> Man, that's, a, that's about how I go now, right? People, how, what all can I get away with and still call myself a follower of Jesus? And still get my ticket punched for heaven? No, that's the wrong attitude. That's the wrong attitude. We should have the attitude right here that says this, what? Uh, I don't know, I'm lost my place. There it is. Oh, and find out, verse 10, and find out what pleases the Lord. What's God's going to be delight in? Verse 11, have nothing to do with the faultless deeds of the fruitless, sorry, not faultless, fruitless deeds of darkness. Rather, expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. True. But everything exposed by light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Interesting thing. This little phrase right here, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. It is believed that that was a worship chorus in the early church. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I don't know. I don't know the melody. I don't really know. I'm just making things up. But uh, it was believed that that was a worship, a line in a worship chorus in the early church. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Verse 15, I got to be careful. Last time I did that, all kind of stuff befall, and now I ain't gonna, I try not to do that no more. So be careful right here. I'm trying to take my hat, take my hat off, and then my, I don't know. You know what it is? You know what that is? You know what that is, guys? That's because I was uh, in the sun. And so it's probably a little bit of sun, sun, uh, Sunburn kind of peeling a little bit. That's what that was. I'm just trying to just trying trying to explain this thing away. That's all I'm trying to do. All right, verse 15. <laughs> Be very careful then how you will live. Think about how you live. It matters. Some people think, oh, I'm just a Christian. It doesn't matter how. No, Paul, it matters. It matters how you live. He says, Be very careful. Think about it. Think about your witness. Think about what you're doing. Think about the decisions we make, the choices we make, the people we hang out with, the things we do, the words we say, the places we go. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing, shedding the old, the, the old man. <laughs> he says, be careful, be very careful then how you live. Not as wise, unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because these days is evil. The days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. The Bible is very clear that drunkenness is a sin. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. 
all over the place. Drunkenness is sin. The in the, the drinking with the intent to get drunk is a sin. I, I think sometimes as followers of Jesus, you know, we, we come down wherever we want to on the drinking thing, but we we have to evaluate our hearts about this piece. Drunkenness is clearly a sin, and drinking with the intention of getting drunk is a sin. Um, so don't get drunk on wine. And some people like, what about Jack Daniels? <laughs> Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, that, that too. <laughs> oh, <please. laughs> the Bible doesn't condemn drinking per se anywhere, <laughs> but it does condemn drunkenness in a, in a multiple of places, multiple in a multitude of places. <laughs> so <laughs> do not get drunk with wine <laughs> or Jack Daniels. Which leads to debauchery. Wine. He's telling you wine. Why? Why? Because it leads to debauchery. It's a, it's a gateway. It leads to something. <laughs> Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with what? Psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to the God and Father, uh, to our God and Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, do that. All right, now we're going to break down to the household. This is where, this is where I got to be careful. <laughs> this is where I got to be careful because this this thing is all this is often a uh, a uh, enlivened discussion. Here we go. Verse twenty one. Now we're talking about the household. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. He's talking to everybody. Now he's talking to believers, right? He's talking to Christians. So as Christians, we need to submit to one another. Out of reverence for Christ. So how do we take that into our household? Now, isn't it this truth? Now, we we find submitting to people as long as you don't name anybody. <laughs> Submit to one another. Just don't name any. Just don't tell me who. <laughs> I, I'll submit in general. But I, I can't really tell you to, to whom I will submit. But anyway, so Paul's going to make it, he's going he's gonna to break it down. What does it look like? Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Now, this does not mean, you know, submit to your husband in the same way you submit to the Lord. It's the same concept as when, when Paul talks about work as unto the Lord. What does it mean? We're, we're working ultimately to please God. Right. It's not that we're not that our work is somehow um, God. It's not that our husband is God. And so we're serving him or him like he's God. No, no. The submission is an act of service to God. Wives, submit to your submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. So Paul's saying there's a. There's some there's authority. 
And this isn't saying that this is not saying this often takes gets taken out of context that this somehow women are subjected or, or should be should submit to men. This is not about women being submissive to men. This is about a marriage relationship, period. This isn't about women in general being submissive to men in general. No. Um, and it's not talking about even in the church per se, the church structure. It's talking about in your home. It's saying wives submit to your husbands as um, yourselves to your own husbands and not to, other, to your to your husband. Uh, as And that means not the guy you're living with, not your boyfriend. Ooh. It, it, if he, if he ain't married, then you have no obligation to submit. To, yeah, this ain't talking to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. For husband is the, so a husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church's body, for which he is savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. That doesn't mean like every every situation. It just means um, that principle. And we forget that. And, and I think sometimes our lack of understanding of uh, the next part, we, we our lack of understanding of what really is really meant by submitting to the Lord was we are, oh, look, look how patriarchal that is. Well, not really. Not, I mean, look at what look at what it means in this next part with where the husbands should love their wives. You submit to each other. And husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church. How much did Christ love the church? He gave his life for her. He gave his life for her. He gave his life for her. Husband, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And this was revolutionary in the first century. That, that a man would sacrifice himself for his wife. Yeah, that's what he asked. Exactly, that's what he's saying. Husband, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing now, this is not saying you're you're by her submitting to you, you're going to make her holy. This, this is what Jesus did for the church, not what you're doing for your wife. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of water through word and to present her her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any blemish, but holy and blameless. He's just emphasizing the mighty work Christ did um, for the church, the sacrificial, caring ministry that Christ did for the church. Likewise, husbands need to have that same kind of caring, self-sacrificing, others first, loving submission and care for their wives. Verse 28, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Now, this, this terminology is confusing because it sounds like it doesn't, it, it doesn't quite mean what it sounds like. What it means is you are one body. So you should love your wife like your own body because you are one body. It's like you, you, you'd love, you should love your wife as your own body because you are one. You are the same body. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies because they are. He who loves his wife loves himself because you're, you're one. You need to build her up and encourage her and strengthen her and empower her and celebrate her. Why? Because when you do that, you, you you both rise. Husbands, you both rise. When she's empowered and she's encouraged and she's valued and validated and loved and cared for and heard, 
when you when you serve her like Christ served the church, you both rise. When mama happy, everybody happy. <laughs> That's what he's saying. All right. Uh, after all, no one ever hated his own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of this body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. It's the Christian institution of marriage. God instituted marriage. It was not a man-made deal. He was like, well, what's a marriage? Well, you got to, if biblical marriage is very clear. You talk about civil unions all you want. That's, that's a man-made uh, institution, and you can form it any way you want. But when you talk about biblical covenant marriage, it's there. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two, man and wife, will become one flesh. That's biblical covenant marriage, period. So civil unions, agreements, contracts, whatever you want out in the culture is fine. You call it what you want. But biblical marriage is it's pretty specific. And that's it. Verse 33. However, each of you, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and his wife must respect her husband. Love and respect. Love and respect. Yeah. So that's the working of the family. That's the working. That there's uh doesn't mean one's smarter than the other, doesn't mean one's more spiritual than the other, but you mutually submit to one another. Wives submit to their husbands. Husbands love the, their wives as Christ loved the church. In Christ, his very mission was what? I did not come to be served, but to serve. So the husband, and this is talking about Christian families, right? This is not, you can't, you can't try to impose this on a non-Christian family because it's, it's going to get dysfunctional and it's going to be broken. It's going to be ugly. But for people who love Christ and are asking, what does the what pleases the Lord? If we go back to the earlier parts of chapter five, what pleases the Lord? What does the Lord desire? We bring that into our homes. And this is how it can function in a beautiful, uh, glorifying way that shows the mystical. The, this is profound mystery. Verse 20, uh, verse uh, 32. It shows the profound mystery of how Christ loved the church. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for being part today. Thanks for jumping on Ephesians chapter five. Uh, thank you for um, sharing the podcast. Thank you for sharing uh, this daily prayer time. Appreciate it. You know what we do? We read, we pray. We got to pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for uh, the living word of God. And Lord, we seek today to follow your example. Lord, may we ask um, today, what pleases you? And we want to do that. We want to act and behave and decide and manage our time and our resources and our energy and our focus in a way that would please you. Lord, we, want to, we do not want to become drunk with wine, but we want to be filled with the Spirit. We want to be filled with those things that bring are the fruit of righteousness and joy and peace. Lord, help that to fill us and help that to come out of us, not only, not only in the marketplace, not only in our community, but especially in our own homes. Lord, help husbands and wives to love and respect each other, to lift each other up, and to root for each other and to, and to build one another up in love. Um, Lord, we know that is a beautiful reflection when it's done right. It's a beautiful reflection of your love for the church. 
God, I pray for my friends today, whatever special needs that they have going on, whatever concerns they're asking you to address. Lord, may you meet each and every one of them according to your amazing riches in Christ. Lord, we love you and thank you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being on today. Hope you have a fantastic day. Tomorrow, Ephesians chapter 6, as we wrap up this incredible little book. So thank you for being with us today. God bless. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.